Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs. And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in, checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too. Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Week four NFL is in the books. We're excited to talk about all that happened here. Got my co-host today, as always, the Sawyer to my Jack from Lost. Previously on Lost. Greatest, most epic show ever for like 10 years there. E, what's going on, brother? We have to go back, Kemp. We have to go back. We have to go back. <laughs> Can we go back to week three when uh, things were looking a little bit rosier there for a hot minute? Can we go back to week two if we're going to go that far back? That was actually the last time my team was looking rosy, so that yeah. would be lovely. Uh, you're you're on the roller coaster, as as we yeah. often are. Happens and every I'm year. On the part, I think I might have eaten a few more corn dogs, and now I'm just throwing up on this roller coaster. So this is great times. <laughs> God, I love a corn dog. <laughs> what was the last if time you were had accepted. a corn dog? So if only it were acceptable to eat a corn dog anywhere other than the fair, I will say <laughs> um, we have a fair here and we live like a mile from the fairgrounds. So we oh, go over right. here. I saw those fairgrounds. You saw the fairgrounds. They're also doing COVID vaccines there currently. Um, they we we go there. And I always get a corn dog when I'm there. And then uh, what's what's funny in Nashville is, you know the the drive-in uh, America's drive-in Sonic. Right? Oh yes, those great drive-in restaurants, right? So. Every city's got their own thing, right? Every city's kind of known, like people who live there have their own restaurant. Like Atlanta, come from Atlanta, I guess Chick-fil-A country. Everywhere you go, there's Chick-fil-A, right? That makes sense. They're headquartered there. I don't know. It's just, it's obviously the best chicken sandwich you can find. Like, it's great. I move up here and had no idea. There's a Sonic on like every corner up here in Nashville. Really? It is wild. It's not headquartered here. It is wild. People up here love some Sonic. And I got to tell you, well, Sonic Sonic makes a darn good corn dog. Sonic is is delightful um but was so crazy so i just grew up right outside of boston and um i would always get commercials for stuff that we never had so like for example little caesar's pizza when you're a kid how great are those commercials the little caesar guy going pizza pizza pizza. yeah let's get some little caesars no there's not one for like 30 states like okay great uh, and then Sonic too. We get like, oh my, we go to Sonic. Mom's like, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, where <laughs> we is don't that? that? So it's just so bizarre. I just like so you talk about your Sonics, you talk about Little Caesars, and then shoot, uh, went to school down in North Carolina with you. Of course, we had Chick Fil A on campus, and you obviously had it in Atlanta on every corner. But you move up north, you come here to the Midwest. They are few and far between, my friend. I just remember uh, working in college basketball. If we were ever on the road. This is when I was working at Central Michigan. If we were ever on the road and we just happened to see a Chick-fil-A, it didn't matter if we were five minutes from tip or if we had to like catch our plane. Like, nope, we are stopping at Chick-fil-A just because you don't see them anywhere. But obviously Dude, now so they're true. getting huge, so you're seeing them more and more. But man, if yeah. you get one of those places that your Sonics, Little Caesars, Chick-fil-A at the time, oh, you just had to go. 
You're excited to see him. Chick-fil-A is interesting. So we had a Chick-fil-A, when I grew up in Illinois, we had a Chick-fil-A that was like 45 minutes away at the the mall, quote unquote, the mall, you know, it was in the, <laughs> the food mall. court and it was the only mall that was anywhere near us. Like we were in a real small town. And so we would, for fun on like a Friday or Saturday, we'd drive and go to the mall You'd drive an hour to go to the mall, walk around, go into Fanatics or whatever, like check out the jerseys, go to Babbage's, check out the video games. Wow. And this then is we just making the me feel court. old. This is making right? me feel old with these references you were throwing out. You said like Regina Pizza or something like that, Papa Gino. <laughs> Papa Gino. We roam the we roam the food court and get those free samples, right? And Chick Fil A is always out there with those nuggets, giving nuggets. And we're just like, it was like the highlight of the trip. It was like, oh my god, we oh, could get obviously. Chick Fil A. This is amazing. So we would drive, you know, an hour to get Chick Fil A. And so to your point, yeah, I, then you go to school and it's it's on campus, and that's that's how you gain a shit ton of weight your freshman year. <laughs> And then you go to I mean, between and that and, and between uh, the Chick Fil A on campus and the Pizza Hut breadsticks, yeah, that's kind of what did me in. But anyway, oh my god, um, I know. Okay, real real thing. Top three food court options go. So I'm always going Chinese. The food courts. So uh, back then, I guess it was like Panda Express was like not a standalone restaurant either. So I'd say Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A was always back in the day. It was Chick Fil A. It was Panda Express, and then. Obviously, you got like if you're feeling pizza, you got Sabaro, right? That was a that was always a good right, like classic New York slice, classic New York. You know, office, some places the tourists uh, don't 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 really know much about the locals go here. It's one of my favorite joints called Sabaro. Sabaro, <laughs> the authentic New York slice. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say is uh, Quiznos was also a food court Ooh. only whenever I was a kid, and you couldn't find that anywhere. Awesome. So, like, I would get pretty jazzed about Quiznos, Panda Express, Chick Fil A, and then Sabaro was like a good default if you if you were feeling pizza quiznos also a dated reference like do they still exist let's i have you seen a quiznos in the last five years i'm worried they don't it was one of my go-to spots in atlanta as well because there was one quiznos nearby and i used to go all the time and uh except that chicken carbonara sandwich oh man yum but uh yeah i don't know what about you what's what's your food court choice oh yeah so chinese mine was it was always called sarku japan so whenever yep. we were going to the mall, I had to hit up Sarju, Sarku Japan. They always had the best samples. You know, you talked about Chick-fil-A with the nuggets. It had that chicken teriyaki. I mean, every yep. time going there. Um, second, I think it probably would have been a Sparrow just because I wasn't very well versed in my food range at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, pizza. This is the greatest thing I've ever had. So Sarku Japan, Sparrow. And then again, this is going to sound kind of lame, but I love me some KFC. I would just get some yeah. popcorn chicken all day. And those wedges, that was my jam, man. You talk about you would drive 45 minutes to Chick-fil-A. My friends and I would drive. It was probably about 20, 30 minutes to go to KFC. Really? God. So That's lame. funny. So we, in, in my little small town, that was one of the like four restaurants we had. It was like a KFC Taco Bell that came in when I was like high school age, maybe. Oh, and yes. It was huge. When that, when that showed up, it was life-changing, right? So we used to always do, get a poker <laughs> night together, and we'd get one of those massive popcorn chicken boxes like the party box oh, it was like 10 bucks and we all pitch in and go get it and we just nosh on that the whole time i love that just shows times, like man. from adulthood to, to when you're younger you don't have to chip in for a 10 dollar thing of popcorn <laughs> chicken <laughs> well we were playing with like we we're playing poker with like these little change jars we had right it's so like i would have this i'd have this little tupperware container i kept in my car and it was just like filled with change 
But like at the t- you gotta remember, like a gallon of gas was like a dollar and a quarter. Like we sound like we're really old. That's people, true. Right? Like yeah, a gallon of gas is like a dollar, dollar yeah. and a quarter back, back in then. my day. Back in my day. So like you know, we'd have this little change jar, and like I'd pull that thing out. I had a bunch of quarters in it, and I could play poker for hours because like you're you're That's talking true. about like total of like four or five dollar buy in here, right? And so like it didn't really matter. And high so yeah, roll. we had to pitch. Those are high rollers. Four or five dollar buy in. Damn man. No 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 not like not anti. No, not anti. Oh, talking you're like talking about full buy-in. Oh, I got you. Okay, that feels that makes me feel a little bit better. No, five dollars would last you the whole night. That's all you needed. <laughs> that's all. You this needed. is true. Yeah. So that's how that's how we rolled. Nice. We didn't have any money. No money. Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some football today. What do you say? That was a good trip. Talk down about uh, talk about no money. <laughs> talk okay, about some football. Talk about no money. <laughs> Let's talk about our fantasy teams. Uh, I was going to rage out about the Titans. I've had a I've had a day to a day or two to cool down a little bit, but my God, that freaking Titans game was a disaster, and it wrecked two of my sportsbook bets. And I'm just pissed. I'm just pissed about it. And I'm hey, just going to leave that there. Right? And yep, I'm going to leave that there. I don't I don't know what so, the hell they're doing. I don't know why they can't get healthy. The receiving side of things, they can't. Keep Tannehill standing up in the pocket. The line is terrible. Derrick Henry is still phenomenal. Still I'd give beast. him the ball every single play. I don't know why you don't. So I don't know. They're, I'm actually kind of surprised at how Tannehill actually is holding up. The fact that he has lost so many weapons. Um, I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to get on the Tannehill train. I did not trust him. I didn't think he was really going to develop into what he is with Tennessee. You know, when he first got there and started half the year, he was awesome. And it's like, okay, do it again. Last year, he had a great year. And so I finally was starting to come around, and he's still doing it. And again, that's without his A.J. Brown. That's without any consistency from Julio. Um, That's without a great offensive line. So Ryan Tannehill, if you're listening, which I know you are, uh, I'm officially on your bandwagon. So thank you for that, and I apologize for taking so long. Yeah, Tannehill's got some skills, and it I mean, your life's a lot easier when you've got a Derrick Henry run game to keep the defense True. honest. That does and he can throw, I mean, Tannehill throw it to anybody, as you well can see. We have like four tight ends, three of which you never heard of. Like, he'll throw it to anybody. As long as they can catch, we're good uh, because that play action is so lethal. But he's a good athlete, and he's, he's a tough dude, and he's a gamer. So, like, I like all of that about him. I yeah. don't know that like if you can't run the ball, he's not going to win you the game though. That's the, that's the one issue. And and if you get down, like previously, if we got down more than a touchdown, we were screwed. We were not built to come back. So he's also got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder just with his time in Miami. You know, they drafted him pretty, pretty high out of Texas A&M and they, they were never big fans of him down there. And granted, you know, it took him a little while to develop, but gets to Tennessee coming in as the backup. Uh, gets the starter job. And so he does have that chip. He's like, I've still got something to prove. I'm going to show all those debtors in Miami wrong and sh- showing me wrong. He specifically called me out. And so I'm, I'm on you. I'm yeah. with you, Ryan. Yeah. He had a billboard down here that had your face on it. It was like, what you got to say now, E? What you got to say now? That's when they, that's when they beat the Patriots in the AFC playoffs. <laughs> Just, I think that's what he, you know, I sent you that poster. He, he put up a billboard here. Sorry, I blacked out. So I don't remember that. Yeah, that's right. So what's funny, uh, what I was kind of laughing about this week is, um, and this has happened all season so far for us, if one of our fantasy teams completely sucks, like our daily fantasy goes off, right? And your fantasy mm-hmm. team was as bad as I've really ever seen this week, but your, daily, oh your DFS on DraftKings went absolutely ballistic. And so it's like, it you know what, bananas. I guess it's, that's one of the reasons you play, truthfully, is because like helps you live vicariously 
like a different season you could have had if you drafted the right team, right? (laughs) And it helps you diversify who you're rooting for. And like, if your team sucks, like if you don't have any of your players on your DFS lineup, there's a better chance you're, one of them's going to hit, you know? And so that was really interesting. Like my DFS sucked this week. My fantasy team went off and opposite for you. So there's always that kind of silver lining. It was literally the complete opposite. Um, The highest score on my team this week was Tom Brady. And that says a lot because he yeah, did not have a great game. Or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and that that is the fun thing I've, I've really found this year with the Daily Fantasy is that it can all change week to week just because you can choose new players. You can see, um, you know, who you're feeling. You're looking at the matchups. You're seeing trends and stuff like that. So it is it is fun in that sense. Uh, but I wish I could get consistency on both sides of the ball. But that's OK. We'll just feel you there, go man. week to week, going week to week on to Cincinnati. Yeah, on Cincinnati. That's right. Um, I'm feeling better about my fantasy team. I think my receivers are coming to play, and I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I've got those tough decisions to make, those lineup decisions where you're like, oh gosh, am I make the wrong one. Somebody's going to blow up on my bench. So I did that this week. Right. You know, Chris Godwin didn't do much of anything. Not like I was going to bench him, but he gets me eight points, and Deontay Johnson goes off for 25 on my bench, and so I'm kind of like, oh, that sucked. I mean, I still won, still did well the rest of my players, but I'm starting to get to that point where I've got some good talent on the bench. That's getting a little frustrating. Um, but I guess I'll be happy to take, time. I'll be happy to take some of that talent from you. Cause I seem to <laughs> yeah. have a dearth of it. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do indeed. Uh, you got, you have one of those teams that could go off any given week and then could throw a complete dud. So that's, we talked about that early in the season where it's like, you can have yeah. those high potential teams that people don't want to play you because they don't want to hit you on that week when it all, mm-hmm. it all hits together. But other weeks, you're going to have one of these. So what are you going to do? Did you? I was going to ask if you saw, I know you didn't watch much of that Monday Night Football game. Did you see that Hunter Renfro play on the on the fake punt the Chargers tried to run? It's funny. I, I didn't watch the game, but then I was reading about it afterwards, and they were mentioning it. And uh, I did just quickly look up the clip, and oh my gosh, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> that was awesome, dude. That was so That sick. was amazing. And the fact that you didn't, he... He recovered so quickly when he saw what was going on, and he just truck sticked him. I mean, yikes! Incredible. If you didn't see this play, you got to look it up. Hunter Renfro fake punt. Basically, the Chargers decide to run a fake punt. Renfro's the return man. He does like a stutter step because he's like, "Wait, that punter's not looking like he's going to kick it." But then he's like, "Well, I don't want to like go run anywhere because if he does kick right. it, we're screwed." And then he can tell the guy, "No, he's actually going to pass it." He takes off. At the guys, I mean, the guy he's passing to is wide open on the side, and Renfro takes off. Basically, as soon as the guy catches the ball, he lights him up. I mean, lights him up yeah. short of the first down, but he hit him so so cleanly and so perfectly. The guy didn't even catch the ball. ball like even if he had out. caught it, yeah. it wasn't going to be a first. But man, that was fun to see. I love seeing an offensive player get to do that because you know, like having been an offensive player, whenever you get to hit anybody, like I always get excited in a weird way. If I threw a pick, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna get this guy. <laughs> I get to go hit somebody, you know, it's like, it is fun. It is fun to do that. He had, I mean, to do that form tackle, like he must've played some defense in high school or something. Cause he, no, that was, that was a great, that was tackle. picture perfect. Hit him right where the ball was. So the ball popped right out. I mean, that was, that was pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It looked really good. I love watching that. Um, all right. Today we're going to cover some of the top stories from the weekend. As always, we've got our cheese segment. We're going to add a new segment, which we're excited about, about blind resumes. This is going to be fun. We'll give you some waiver wire picks and then we'll do a quick recap of our Yahoo League. Very quick. Very, very quick. Yeah, a little quick. A little quick. A little quick. Um, around the league here, we had some injuries again. So we always want to hit these for you so you get an idea of who you might want to target on the waiver wire and also try and give updates as best we can. Uh, this is basically stuff we're hearing from other injury analysts and from the, the various fantasy sites. 
So a couple of big ones here uh, in the running back room. Joe Mixon left that Thursday night game with what appeared to be an ankle injury. There haven't been a whole lot of updates about it. It has been considered low grade. So in that regard, they're considering him week to week. Samaj P. Ryan is his troop. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like we owe an apology to the Bengals. We probably should have just called them to let them know that we picked Joe Mixon on our daily fantasy teams. Because basically, if I ever have Joe Mixon on any form of a team, he'll get hurt. So uh, Cincinnati, Coach Taylor, I apologize for not letting you know. Um, I'll I'll do that next time. You know what? That's a very good point. And that is very true. I've seen it on your teams over and over again. That's on, that's on me. That's on you. Uh, so he left the game. Samaj so P. Ryan is his backup at least the first the first backup he's going to have. If Mixon misses time, which it looks like he's going to be week to week, so probably miss one game and then we'll play it by ear. Uh, Samaje Pirine is the name to know. He was a standout running back in Oklahoma. Um, has kind of bounced around in the league, hasn't done a whole lot yet, but uh, I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. If you had Mixon last year, you know week to week is a scary statement. Hmm. So yes. I remember trading McCaffrey in a package deal for Mixon to you. And we both sat there week to week on both these players and neither one of them ever came back. So Joe Mixon sat out for probably eight weeks at the end of the year, week to week and drove me crazy. Talk about a flash forward or flash sideways, just sitting in purgatory with Joe Mixon week to week. So yeah, there you go. Hopefully it's (laughs) not the flash sideways. Joe Mixon's on flight one Oh eight and it's going down. (laughs) We're not sure what's going to happen. Oceanic one Oh eight. Um, all right. David Montgomery also left with a knee injury. So I think the initial reports are that they think he did not like tear an ACL, which is great. Uh, I've heard hyper extension come out of some folks. That's probably a best case scenario. One of those injuries could be anywhere from two to six weeks. Probably. Um, I'm guessing they're going to consider him week to week. They have said something cryptic, like we're not giving any official injury update on anyone until Wednesday. And so like, yeah, wow, that's, that's never good. <laughs> Real dick move. So it, it does have me worried that it's more serious than we think. And unfortunately, you're going to have to go through waivers not knowing for sure uh, what it is. But Damien Williams is the next man up in that backfield. If you remember, he was in Kansas City. He took the year off last year for COVID. He's a good runner. He got a little bit banged up. He has like a thigh bruise. Got a little bit banged up in this game too. They have another guy who's a rookie out of Virginia Tech, Khalil Herbert. It's a name to keep on the radar. I'm going after Damien Williams probably. I think he's going to be healthy enough to play and he's a he's a true NFL running back. We've seen him be a lead back say, before. He's pretty good. He's he's more than serviceable. So if he's able to step in for Chicago, that's a that's a good backup to have. He had great years in Kansas City. Um, obviously, took the year off, so he might have a little rust on him. But he's a good starting NFL quarterback uh, quarterback running back. So he should be able to step right yeah. in in Chicago. Yep. Uh, we found out that Gronkowski has got some fractured ribs, and then there may even be a puncture in his lung. Um, he's all banged up, and so. He's kind of week to week as well. If it's just a couple of ribs or one rib, then it could be a one to two week recovery. If it's more, I've been told like it sort of correlates to the number of ribs, weirdly enough. Like if it's over two ribs, you could be looking at four to six weeks. Uh, <laughs> I love how it depends on the number of ribs. Two ribs are over. Yeah, four to six sort of weeks. does. One to two <laughs> ribs, it's like two to three weeks. We're okay. But yeah, I think it's, it's sort more of, the it's fact that he has a punctured lung. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, Gronkowski's questionable coming into England. Okay, we find out he's not playing. Oh, what's wrong with him? Broken six ribs, has half of a <laughs> lung missing. Oh, okay. That's a like, deflated lung, yeah. He was going to maybe of- almost play. <laughs> <laughs> he was a game-time decision with that he punctured lung. decision. 
Yeah, he's freaking. I mean, it is Gronk. So what are you going to do? This happened to Drew Brees last year, if you remember, and he missed about. I mean, he missed four to six weeks, I think, and he had yeah. a lot of a lot of rib fractures and and punctured lung as well. So um, I would expect him to be out for a bit. Didn't see a whole lot from Cameron Braid or OJ Howard that got oh, me excited man. about the tight end position. So I would oh. say this is more just going to spread the wealth back to those three receivers and yeah. uh, maybe some out of the backfield. Jimmy Garoppolo left the Niners game with a calf injury. Uh, he said specifically he anticipates being out a couple of weeks. So I guess he's diagnosed himself with a multi-week <laughs> injury. I don't know. Um, so Trey Lance came in. Is- and. Can we just talk about the difference real quick? So you got Jimmy G diagnosing himself. I'm going to be out like one to two weeks. Then you have Gronkowski who can't breathe. He's like, I might play. Who knows? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little different. What does it tell you? What does it tell you about that? those two different guys? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's he's out for a bit. I I don't get a good feeling about this. It could be a longer injury than he thinks. It, it could be tied to his Achilles. Like we don't know officially what it is. Trey Lance came in. It's weird. Trey Lance looked pretty good, I thought. And... But every everybody in San Francisco, coaching wise, is like he's not ready. He's not our guy. He's our number two for a reason. Like they're very pessimistic. It's a weird tone. They're strong. Well, I don't know if they're like trying to protect him I don't know or if it's what. Being, I was gonna say I don't know if it's being pessimistic or you're also defending your QB one. I mean, Jimmy Glass Garoppolo. I mean, he's obviously injury prone and has had this before where he's missing time. And so you still got to build that confidence with him. And so you can't just come in. It's like, yep, this is why we got him. Trey Lance, he's ready to go. Jimmy G, we knew this was going to happen. So Trey, boom, he's our guy. So I think they do have to be conscious of that fact. So that's why they're not just coming right out and saying like, hey, we're happy that Jimmy G's out. Trey's ready to go. He looked yeah. solid. Uh, he obviously had that one big play to Debo. Um, but uh, he's not there yet. And they know that, but they're also just being very secure with Jimmy to let him know that he's still the guy. I think which is interesting because it was like a legitimate, it was a legitimate quarterback battle before the season. Like there was a, a decent chance that Trey Lance was going to be the starter out of the gate, and now they're like all in on Garoppolo, who's been decent. <laughs> I mean, he's been good. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It's it's again. I'm not sure if they're trying to protect Trey Lance from from the pressure of being like, hey, it's your team now, or if they're like, no, 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 don't worry, man. It's it's kind of similar to Justin Fields, where you're like can you just say he's your guy or like, what are you, right. why are you being wishy-washy about it? It's a little weird, but I th- I thought he looked good. And um, I don't know. I, he reminds me maybe a cheap comparison. He reminds me of Kaepernick. He's tall. Mm-hmm. He's strong. He's got long strides. He's fast. The guy's athletic. He's got a rocket arm. He has some accuracy issues. He's got to work on Kaepernick did too for a while there. I mean, he, he plays a lot like him and he looks like when he's on the field, anything can happen. And that's, that's sure. a level of excitement. I think you absolutely don't have with Garoppolo, but most teams don't have that with their quarterback. And so I think you've right. got to give that some weight. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know what you're getting with Jimmy, you know, his skill set. you know what he's going to do. Trey is at the classic P word with potential. And he's got, as you said, he's more of a wild card in the sense that he can do things with his legs. You know, he's working on his mechanics, getting his, his consistency down through the air. So yeah. Uh, High potential, high upside. It's just whether or not he can get there yet, but it's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. If he, he's going to get to start, it looks like for at least a couple of weeks. And if he's got preparation and they kind of game plan around his skill set, I don't, I don't know that Garoppolo is getting this job back, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater left the uh, Denver Baltimore game with a concussion. He's going to be in the protocol. Uh, it's a five-step protocol in the NFL for that. Uh, Drew Locke looked terrible in his absence, <laughs> and that's gonna that's gonna hurt all of the Denver pass catchers. 
um, if Drew Locke is a starter. With these concussions, there's no set timetable. It's different every time. So there's a chance he could be back next week. There's a chance he misses a week. There's a chance he misses several weeks. It's all about right. the progression through that protocol. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to predict. But just keep in mind, keep an eye on that. If you have Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant or even Tim Patrick, uh, if Drew Locke is your starter next week, I would downgrade them a little bit. Hey Kemp, are you are you looking to trade for a potential wide receiver from Denver? <laughs> if you have Cortland Sutton, completely, uh, Ethan, completely related. Uh, unrelated. <laughs> hey. Uh, another game here, the Dallas game. Uh, Mari Cooper left with a hamstring tweak. He already had some rib issues, and so he's he's seems to always be kind of banged up. He has played through a lot of this stuff. Uh, he came back to the game after the hamstring tweak, so he's a gamer. He can tell his team wants to win these games. They want him on the field. They need him out there, and he's willing to put his body in the line. I respect that. It makes me a little nervous starting him every week, knowing that he's a hit away from maybe getting knocked out again. But, hey, he caught a touchdown. It looked good after after the hamstring tweak. So I guess you got to keep rolling him out there. Sure. And um, Logan Thomas, if you had him start uh-huh. as tight end, high upside tight end, he got you a donut. He had a hamstring strain on the first series, and I think it was even the first yes. play of the game. So that sucks. That's just frustrating. It's kind of like AJ Brown for me last week when he got hurt on that one rush that he had. Um, I had Logan yeah. Thomas in my neighborhood league, and yeah, the donut did not help me. Doesn't help. So uh, not sure if he's going to be out there week five. Keep an eye on that one as well. Uh, no real beneficiary on that either, tight end wise. They tried to throw to Ricky Seals Jones some, but he's he's not Logan Thomas. He's a tall player, but he's not, he's not Logan Thomas. <laughs> he's tall. He's tall. Uh, other notes around the league, Mahomes had himself a day, went off for five touchdowns. Tyreek had three of them. He was unguardable. Um, yikes. When they're when they're clicking, they just remind oh you that they're, they're kind of unstoppable. Yeah, I, I want to uh, talk Tyreke, briefly. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, I think Tyreek kind of was reminding the league, hey, this is what I can still do. He had a couple off weeks in a row. Maybe the NFL was saying, oh, we figured out how to guard Tyreek. He's like, nope, let me, uh, let me just show you. I'm going to get you uh, 50 fantasy points, so. Yeah. Kudos to whoever had him in the first round. Yikes. Golly, what a freak. I want to talk briefly here about the Lions and Bears game because I don't have it <laughs> teed up for any other part of the uh, part of the, the pod here. I want to hear your thoughts about this because I, I know you've got a lot of Lions fans in the neighborhood there and you probably watch yep. these games, local game, right? How did you think, what did you think of the game in general? And I want to hear what you thought about Justin Fields. I mean, the game in general was just, it's kind of rough, obviously, with this matchup. You you wonder why it's not getting too much notoriety. It's because it's the Lions and the Bears. Um, but in the words of Denny Green, like the Lions are who we thought they were, which is disappointing. I actually had higher hopes for them this game. They just look completely out of sync against a ripe Chicago's Bears team that they were just ripe for the taking. And the Lions yep. had a chance, and they, they blew it. Uh, Goff had that costly fumble which basically bounced off his shoulder went right into the bears off uh, defensive lineman's hands like that's just classic detroit um but the bears you know to their defense dave montgomery looked like a stud that he was before getting hurt um and justin fields he did to his defense he looked better this game um so i will give him that granted again you're not going up against the the best of defenses in detroit they're a little banged up and and you know could use some help across the board but he Managed the game pretty well. Uh, as I know you're going to go into your boy a little bit deeper, but I thought he looked a lot sharper. He felt more comfortable. Obviously, didn't have much pressure on him. So it was just 
it was a classic Bears Lions grueling, grinded out game, and uh, your boy Matt Nagy and the Bears were able to pull it out. Not my boy. Um, he's the he's the lone problem that is getting in the way of my boy Justin Fields <laughs> taking off. So I I agree. I think the Lions, uh, man, for as as gritty as they looked in other weeks, they mm-hmm. came out and just laid down. Flat. Which this was this was Flat. this was the game, man. This was the one that they could have kind of kickstarted things and like turned the season around, maybe. But yeah, they didn't look at it at all. I thought Fields looked much better, and I got to give credit in different places. So number one, they kept him upright, which is huge. That was a a massive difference from Cleveland. And I think after seeing what Cleveland did to Minnesota, I think it's 50, 50 if it was just a bad bears line or a great Cleveland line, because they, their defense is really coming into his own. Um, field stayed upright, which was great. He threw the ball down the field, which was great. This guy was kind of like known for coming out of college as being a great downfield passer, deep ball passer, man, he throws a nice deep ball. And he's got Darnell Mooney out there who's fast as hell and he's getting open and Justin Fields was dropping dimes to this guy. I mean, they, they've got a connection. They looked really good together. And so um, I love to see him chuck the ball like that. At the same time, I still didn't see that many designed runs. He still ran the ball like three times. I, I mean, or one time maybe I mean, like, what are you doing? This guy runs a four, four. He's one of the fastest guys on the field at any given time. And you still have him, dropping back in the pocket and chucking it, which he can do for sure. He's got a right. great, he has a great arm and he's got good vision. So like, yeah, he can drop back and pass, get him out in space, man, get him out running the ball and, and mix things up. Like, look, look at what Philly's doing with Jalen hurts. I think Justin Fields is a better player than Jalen hurts. Like maybe not today right now, but like if you show me their profiles coming out of college, I would have been like, yeah, fields is more accomplished. He's a better player. You know, hurts had all kinds of issues. But like hurts is, is making it work in the NFL. Cause he's getting out and running the ball eight to 10 times a game. And he's and he's keeping the defense honest. Fields can well, absolutely do, you think, do that. Do you think it mattered that Montgomery was having such a good game that like we could just keep feeding him? We don't need Justin to run as much because Montgomery's keeping him honest. So I, maybe just I think that, that definitely helped. Need him to run as much. That also gave him more time to throw. You know, from from right. a line perspective, they weren't getting all the blitzes and the, the box wasn't stacked and all that. So that's definitely true. The fact that Montgomery was successful helped him stay upright too. But. I think you you can do both and you should do both. Like you should build an RPO offense around this guy. You should have him and Montgomery. You don't know who's going to run at any given play. And that's how you get great running back numbers because they have to account for the quarterback running the ball. And that's how you get more yardage out of your quarterback too and spread the defense out. So, and and then what's even more frustrating is Matt Nagy after the game, there's a controversy over him, him being the play caller and they gave it back to Bill Lazor, his offense coordinator, like, after the game, Matt Nagy's sitting here talking about, yeah, Bill Bill made some great calls. It was great to it was great to just feel it felt good to be a coach head coach today. You know, it's my decision what we do ultimately, and like it's like kind of taking credit. And you're like, dude, shut up! Like, yeah, just stop. Dude, you find just you stop. let someone else make the calls, and it worked really well. Give the guy credit. That's your job as the head coach is to is to know when to give someone else the responsibility to call plays. Right? That's that's that would make you look good, and then to to sit there and, and appreciate your coaches would also make you look good as a head coach. Instead, he's sitting there trying to share credit and take some of it for himself. Like the dude's clearly fighting for his job. I don't know. He's not, he's not the right guy there. Just not the right guy there. No. So that's a rant. That's a little mini rant there. Um, <laughs> off your, uh, off your bear rant. Anyway, good grief. Ryan Clark did an amazing rant on the get up show about this exact topic with Matt Nagy. And he like walked off the set. I mean, it was fantastic. I would encourage you to look it up really good. 
Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Um, other news around the league here. Brady's return to Foxborough was obviously like the big headline of the weekend. Uh, pretty disappointing game. I think it was pouring rain most of that game, and it definitely it impacted everything in that game. But Patriots stepped up to the challenge. The defense looked really good. Um, a lot of drops on the Buccaneers side. Brady, I think early on, I you and I were kind of texting throughout this game. I think early on he was throwing the ball too hard for it to be that that rainy. He was throwing mm-hmm. darts, and his guys couldn't hang on to it. And so um, they looked better in the second half. But yeah, tight game, which I think you you do want to see, but um, not when you've got Buccaneers minus seven. You just don't want to see <laughs> a tight game. <laughs> well, I think. Uh... I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. I was listening to ESPN radio and, and Greeny was talking about how 94% of the people were picking the bucks, you know, the minus seven at that. And he goes, it always concerns me when 94% of the people are taking the money because when 94% of the people are taking it, they're only right 6% of the time. And I was like, well, maybe this will be the exception. No, he was a hundred percent right. The fact that he was scared that they all took the money because yeah, this was a game that nobody expected. I'll tell you what, um, I was really impressed with Mac Jones and what he was able to do, the composure he had, because they they were throwing it at him. They were pressuring him. They were blitzing him. They were throwing a lot of different looks. He got hit, I can't tell you how many times, and he stood in there. You know, He wasn't making huge plays downfield, but that's not what they were designing the offense to do. Um, the Patriots looked solid on offense just because they had a game plan and they were kind of sticking to it. And the fact that Mac Jones was able to stand in there, take the hits, make the different reads. I was just so impressed by he, you could see him doing different check downs in one particular play. You could say, Nope, not there. Nope, not there. And he would go to his third option and it may only be for three, four yards, but he was going through them all instead of taking a sack or throwing a bad pick. He was going through it kind of like a seasoned vet. Um, he still has a long ways to go, but I was encouraged by what I saw. Uh, the defense, as you said, was looking solid. Um, I think a lot of it was Brady had some emotions, so he was a little bit off. So I don't want to give the Patriots defense too, too much credit, but they did look solid. Um, a little disappointing, obviously, with the scoring and just kind of the the sloppiness of some of the play. But, man, just Patriots just lost out to a doink. Just that doink. That doink. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was brutal field condition, too. I mean, it was just yeah. absolutely pouring rain for most of that game. I agree with what you said about Mac. Um, the processing speed of going through his progressions mm-hmm. like that, really impressive for a young guy, especially. And I think that's one of the best indicators of quarterback play really anymore. You know, they used to be like, Oh, it's intelligence. And you know, they had the wonder lick and all that. I think processing speed is something you start to see. Cause you just don't have that much time in the pocket and you got to be able to, to go yeah. through progressions. He did a great job. He's, he had 19 straight completions, you know, which is a yep. rookie. He record tied Brady. Tied Brady's Brady. longest completion streak. So I uh, got to give credit for that. They were, it was, and this is all Mac doing it without a running game. They ran the ball eight times. I think the most yeah. any running back had was two or three rushes, but granted that's, I mean, the Tampa Bay run defense is unbelievable. So the Patriots were just playing with what they were given and they're like, no, we're yep. just going to throw it. And, you know, through some trick plays with Jacoby Myers playing QB out there, uh, yeah. man, I was really hoping they were going to pull it out, but. That was close. Football. But you know if they'd have made that field goal, he's still a minute left on the clock. You knew like, Brady you know was going to come back Brady's anyway. Back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were all talking about it. Uh, and then I thought Monday night's uh, Monday night's game last night was kind of a tale of two halves. The Raiders got shut out in the first half, did not look good, came storming back in the second half. They missed a field goal, which I think crushed their momentum. It was a 21-14 game. They're kicking a 52-yard field goal or something from Daniel Carlson, who, of course, I had on one of my fantasy teams and needed those five <laughs> points to win. 
and he missed it, just a bad kick. And it kind of took the, the wind out of their sails a little bit. San Diego came right back on a, on a plus field and scored pretty quickly. And uh, the game kind of got out of reach. But um, San Diego looks good. Herbert looks good this year. Herbert looks really sophomore good. slump. Yeah. And I think both these teams have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. They're both good enough on both sides of the ball that they could beat somebody on any given Sunday. So watch out about for the AFC? AFC West. How about the AFC West, man? Top to yeah. bottom. I mean, yikes. When Kansas City yeah. is technically in last place. Wow. <laughs> right, right. These teams all look dangerous. They look like the NFC West, honestly. Like it's a it's yeah. a division that's pretty stacked. Uh, what do you say we get to the cheese segment where we talk about cutting some cheese? What do you say? Cut, All right, I got a list of players bolding, here for you. Spreading. <laughs> I got a list of players here. I'm going to give you first crack at our boy, Allen Robinson. He's got less than 11 points every week, less than 65 yards every week. We know he's a stud. He's a, he's a Nittany Lion. What do you think? That's what I say. I love this guy. Um, you know, I loved him at Penn State. I specifically remember playing uh, against Michigan in, in a night game, and he literally saved the game for Penn State so many times by just going up and getting the ball. He's a stud athlete. Heck, I mean, he was even dominating in Jacksonville when he had Blake Bortles throwing it to him. Uh, obviously got hurt there, then moved on to Chicago. I, I love my man, but to tell you the truth, I am cutting the cheese on Allen Robinson. I was worried about him coming into the year. He was low on my board just because of the uncertainty with the quarterback position. I know it looks like Justin Fields is probably going to be the guy moving forward, but just consistency right now, I am not seeing it. And I just, I'm not trusting that offense enough to see any more consistency. And we just saw Mooney last week taking all those targets and, and yardage. So I'm cutting it on my boy, Allen Robinson, cutting the cheese. Oh man. I hate, I hate to hear that. I am, I am a fold with a hint of cut. There's something in the air. There's a whiff of something in the air. There's a um, so here, little sting. Yeah. Some, yeah so here's why I'm fold, still folding on him. They they still don't have the offense they're going to have when Justin Fields is a full-time starter. And I think mm-hmm. that if he can keep airing it out to Mooney, there's going to be a lot of underneath that's going to be open. And Allen Robinson will kill you underneath. And so if they can get everything working the right way, and this was a big step forward this week to at least unlock the downfield pass next week, you got to unlock the rushing of Justin Fields, and you may have to because Montgomery probably won't be out there. And the week after that, maybe you unlock, like, put it all together, you know? If you can put it all together, I do think Fields can get him the ball. I think he's got a better connection with Mooney, and I think that that play style suits him better for what he's what his strength is. But you can't you can't deny Allen Robinson is the best receiver they have. they got to get him involved. I You absolutely can't start him right now, so I'm, I'm absolutely no. keeping him on the bench. But I can't completely cut the cheese until I see Fields with three or four games. It's just been such a carousel for him so far. Like I, I don't want to hold that against him yet. But I'm very nervous. Okay. Okay. Very nervous. Well, uh, going from one Penn Stater to another, what do you think about Miles Sanders? Uh, had a good week one, then it's really kind of just tailed off, and especially in his usage. What do you What do you feeling about old Miles? Man, this one is so weird to me. I was yeah, I was pretty high on him preseason. So I, I was. I don't know why. I He's know. on my team. You got him on your team. I was pretty high on him preseason as like a RB two, you know. And if you waited on running back, he could have been one of your anchor guys. Like, I just don't get it. I I can't. You obviously can't spread this, and I'm hesitant to even fold it right now until I can figure out what the hell the coaches are thinking. Why can't you give this guy the ball? He's, he's a great playmaker. It's like his rushing averages are really good. You know, it's not like he's every game. He's like, 
eight carries for 17 yards. Like he'll have two carries for 27 or he'll have eight for 60. And you're like, okay, then give him the ball more, you know, throw him the ball out of the backfield that Kenneth Gainwell is getting way too much play for my liking. Way too much. And I don't know, man, I just, I don't feel good about it at all. I'm, I, I'm actually in the same boat you are about Allen Robinson. Like I'm more inclined to cut the cheese here and just be like, mm-hmm. there haven't been an, the same kinds of changes that Allen Robinson has had to go through in Chicago. This team's been the same all year and they're just not getting him involved. So I'm cutting would love to, I would love to come back to fold it, but I'm currently cutting. Well, I literally can't cut the cheese just because he's on my team. Um, so I am a, just a sad and lock in a wheelchair folding the cheese on uh on miles it's just it's so frustrating you know this guy was a stud in college he was backing up saquon at penn state and then saquon leaves and he finally had a time to shine did an amazing job his one year there as a full-time starter you know picked in the second round going to philly comes in to be the starter right away as a rookie and just had really high hopes for him this year he had a good week one got a touchdown just a couple points 17 points but damn I mean, I know the Eagles have kind of looked suspect the past few weeks, but it's just so confusing, just his usage. You know, you hit all those high points. So, again, I, I physically cannot cut him, so that is the only reason why I am folding him, but it's just so discouraging, so discouraging. Maybe it's like maybe it's like Hurley working on that van, like just going to take him, you know, a very long time to get going. <laughs> Once he does, that thing's going to be cruising. Miles Sanders is the van. He's just going to get rolling by the end of the season. I just hope he finds that case of Dharma Initiative beer. That would be the only saving grace. Emergency beer. That's right. <laughs> all right. How about Brandon Ayuk? This one's been a weird story all year. He did got benched the first game, did nothing the second game, caught a touchdown the third game, did nothing the fourth game, three targets this week. Debo is rolling. What do you think? Cutting it on yeah. Brandon here. I mean, you got clearly to. Debo was wide receiver one, two, and three. Uh, and then if you still have Kittle when he finally decides to be fully healthy and, and really get involved in the game. So I'm, I, you're done. You know, you haven't, you got a healthy scratch. You've had one okay game and then you got three targets in a passing game. You, I'm cutting you. You're cutting the cheese. Yeah. I think at this point he's a, he's a stash. If something were to happen to Debo or if this happens to get turned around, I got no reason to have the guy on my team. I would cut it as well. I'm with you. Sticking to wide receiver, uh, this is going to the New York Giants. Kenny Galladay, interesting. He was their big offseason pickup, a little inconsistent at the beginning, but what are you feeling about old Kenny? So I've never, I haven't been a big fan of this move to the Giants because it's a crowded receiver room, and I wasn't sure mm-hmm. what to expect. He was he was good at Detroit, and he was the main guy, and he was kind of unguardable, Babytron, you know, whatever. Like, he was good. Hasn't really clicked yet in New York. Um but he had a big week this week with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both out. So that doesn't say a whole lot. They they were they had John Ross in there and I don't know, Kadarius Tony was in there. So like he was their number one for sure this week. His numbers have kind of gone up, but a bit of an upswing. One stat that I saw that I thought was really interesting was like a pro football focus or next gen stat or something was like his his yards of separation per game. Like the first game it was like less than a yard, the second game is like a yard and a half, maybe. And by the third and fourth game, he's getting over three yards of separation. And I think that correlates to his health. Honestly, he's getting healthier. He's getting back in shape. I actually think he's on the upswing. I'm not a huge believer in general. And I do think Sterling Shepard is still, he's, he's your slot slot guy. He's going to get all the money out of the slot. 
But I think, honestly, Galladay could rebound and have himself a pretty good season when all things are said and done. So I'm actually going to spread the cheese on Galladay. There it is. Yeah, I agree. I am actually also going to spread the cheese. Um, you know, the one thing about Galladay is he is a kind of a feast or famine player sometimes is that he's a big play guy. You know, when he was in Detroit, you'd see his stat lines would be three catches, 130 yards, and potentially one to two touchdowns. So, you know, he can be known for being feast or famine, but he's got a lot of talent. As you said, I think the biggest thing for him now is he's getting healthier. Last year was obviously a, a rough one for him. I can't remember how many games he actually got to play in, but he just wasn't healthy. And so I think he's finally, as you said, getting that separation, getting more comfortable in this offense. I know he had arguments with the the coaching staff, not Daniel Jones, earlier this season. Um, mm. But this was a good look for him trending upwards. I just think the talent is there. And honestly, it's it's weird to say, but the Giants are starting to put things together. Saquon's starting to get healthier. He's Saquon's looking better. So that, that offense is is getting the options. And he's a big play guy. They paid him big money to do that. So they're I think they're going to look to him more as we continue to go out. And again, weird to hear it, but the Giants are clicking. Yeah, he could be an acquisition target too for someone who's been a little frustrated. Although he's coming off of a 6 for 116 week, might not be the right time to try and get him. But I do think he's going to have more weeks like this in the future. Yeah, for sure. All right, I have another weird. I have another weird one for you. Latavius Murray. He's the <laughs> apparently the new number one back in Baltimore. Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch this week, and they elevated Le'Veon Bell from the practice squad. Like, what? What are they thinking? What is going on here? Get, do you trust Latavius Murray? Are you spreading cheese on this guy? I, uh, I am definitely not spreading the cheese, and I am a, a fold to very close to cutting. Uh, the running back situation in in Baltimore is just a mess. Obviously, they had the two huge injuries to their number one and number two guys coming into the season. And I honestly don't think they know what to do. Uh, you said Tyson Williams with that surprise healthy scratch. I mean, you still have Lamar Jackson, who's going to be stealing a lot of yards and, and some touchdowns. So it's it's hard to trust any Baltimore running back at this point. You know, with Latavius being, I guess, cemented, quote unquote, as the, the lead guy. That's why it's more of a fold as opposed to a cutting. But it's just tough. He's 31, which in running back years is probably 82 years old. So, yeah, it's it's a very hesitant folding the cheese. Maybe maybe crashing the island has has brought him like a fountain of youth kind of moment. And <laughs> he's going to turn it around. 31 doesn't matter. Don't tell me what I can't do. I am also folding on this. I, I can't spread the cheese on Latavius Murray at this point. He looks bad. He, he looks like he can't run. He is falling into the end zone. He's going to get touchdowns. And if they're going to give him 15 carries a game, you're, there's a good chance you're going to get a touchdown. So statistically, I'd say you, you almost have to spread if he's the number one guy, but he just looks like garbage. Like I, I don't get it. I don't have faith that he can sustain being the number one guy in this offense. And someone won't say at some point, why are we giving this guy 15 carries? You know, <laughs> what, what are um, we doing? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I cannot spread the cheese on him. I'm folding. Folding on Latavius. Okay, last one. We got a quarterback coming out of the Washington area, the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke. How are we feeling about this man? Nathan Favre, as we've called him before. <laughs> this dude is a straight gamer. I told you. It's like it's wild. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to watch too, if I'm being honest. Like he just makes you nervous every time he's back there. I don't know what he's gonna do. He's got two plus touchdowns in every game that he has started. He's got twenty plus points in all three of his starts in standard scoring leagues, our our Yahoo League is six points for passing touchdowns, so 25 points per game in our Yahoo League. I mean, I don't know. I think you have – I kind of have to spread the cheese on this. They're making it work, and I'd like to see Logan Thomas healthy, but now they've got Curtis Samuel back in. I mean, I don't know. I 
you can't deny the guy. He's a, he's a pretty good athlete. He runs the ball well, effectively. I'm spreading the cheese on Taylor Heineke. I'm not now. Let's not get crazy. I'm not starting him over most of the guys that I drafted sure. early in the season. But if if Tennessee can't get a viable receiver, I'd probably start him over Tannehill. You know, and if somebody gets banged up or like another receiver goes down in a different offense, you know, at any given time, a quarterback is a one receiver injury away from being not nearly as good as they are. So I don't know. I think it's legit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fold it just for now, but with a very, very close to spreading it. Um, his rise is kind of Kurt Warner-esque in that sense. You know, he was stocking groceries and now he's out here slinging the ball and getting 25 points a week. So, yeah, I mean, he's shown it and he's shown he can come back too, which I think is another kind of interesting part that he can, you know, make the clutch throws when he needs to. He's He is a little bit of a wild card. You said he is. You're a little unsure and a little nervous anytime he does step back. It's like, what's going to happen? So I'm folding it that he's a he's worth looking as your backup, especially for bye weeks and anything like that. So he's definitely worth a look. Folding it for now, though. Respect. I agree with what you said. All right, we're going to do a new segment here. It's going to be fun. Uh, this was Ethan's idea. I love it. Blind resumes. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of blind resumes. I want you to try and guess who these players are, and then we're going to we're going to flip flop. All right. You you want to go first? You want me to give you mine first? You know what? Actually, I want to give you mine first. I feel like oh. you've, you've been gunning me on the hot seat, so I'm going to put you on it first. So yes, yeah, I don't know if I won't necessarily make you guess the player, but I want to kind of have you guess where they were picked in the draft. You know, whether it be a round or a number. Okay. So we're going to start the running back position. Here is okay. player A, his blind resume. He has 43 carries for 255 yards, no rushing touchdowns, but he does have 20 catches for 140 yards, but no receiving touchdowns. So if you look at it for the year, he has 60.5 fantasy points. Okay, so that's player A. Player B has 78 carries for 297 yards, but no rushing touchdowns. He also has 10 catches for 62 yards and two receiving touchdowns. And this player B has a total of 58.9 fantasy points. So one, would you rather have player A or player B? And two, if you want to try and guess who they are or tell me where they were picked. So I think I like the passing game usage of player A. And so I, I would probably stick with that. Not nearly, not as many rushes. So Sounds like a split backfield situation. 48 rushes over four games. It's not a lot. So, um, although it's more than Miles Sanders can can say for himself. Uh, Damn so it it. Like a split, <laughs> sounds like a split. Yeah, he sounds like a split backfield. The first guy, the second guy sounds like he's got the backfield to himself. And 70 plus rushes, that's only, only a handful of guys in the league that have that. Um, you said 10 receptions for, for player. 10 receptions. B. But did you say no touchdowns? Or you, how no many rushing, rushing touchdowns. touchdowns. No rushing touchdowns for player B, but two receiving touchdowns for player B. Golly, I was going to go like a Nick Chubb kind of thing, but he's got rushing touchdowns. Hmm. If you don't want to guess the player, that's fine. If you just want to tell me which one you would prefer, that works too. And then I can reveal the ultimate reveal. Here's my hesitation. I like the rushing usage. That's, that's, a, that's a workhorse running back. And so I'm inclined mm-hmm. to like that player, but not getting much in the passing game. Definitely limits the ceiling there. Um, second player sounds like someone who's getting enough rushing, but also is is catching a lot of balls. Guess I'd go with the first player. Guess I go with player A. Player A. Yeah, sure. Okay, so player player A 
is Chase Edmonds of the Cardinals. Okay. He's had a good season. Yeah, he's playing well. And player B is Alvin Kamara. Whoa, Alvin. So just to put that in perspective, Chase Edmonds was in our league was picked 53rd, and Alvin Kamara was picked 5th. So I know... and here's the thing with these blind resumes, obviously it's, it's only four weeks into the season. So a lot can change, but it's just very interesting to see these initial trends. And I was just shocked to see these two players being so close and uh, had to throw. Well, that yeah. And then you think James Connors vulturing touchdowns, measure split backfield right exactly. there. Exactly. And uh, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I mean, you were hitting you were it more... straight on, you know, you were hitting it straight on saying Edmonds was a split backfield, but you're liking the catches and obviously Kamara, the lead back. Surprising his catches aren't higher, but the Saints yeah, have kind of been catches. high and it's been weird. Ten so, catches for Kamara is way that's low. That's great analysis, my fr- great analysis, my friend. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let me hit All you right, with do one. You You're gonna yeah, get let me. me? Hit you, okay. Let me hit you with one. I'm bouncing back here. So I'm gonna go with quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Quarterback one is has um 1184 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. He has 188 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. He's quarterback six on the year. Quarterback two, 1,077 passing yards, four passing touchdowns as well. You're taking notes. This is a good idea. 279 (laughs) rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Do you have total fantasy points for me? Are they pretty similar, pretty close? 105. 0.16 0.16 for quarterback one, 99.98 for quarterback two. Okay. And so they both thrown for four, correct? Mm-hmm. And they both rushed for two and a fair amount of rushing, rushing yards. Wow. And similar passing yards. Yeah, no kidding. Um, hmm. I'm just going to go out on a limb and actually try and guess one of them. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say... Quarterback two. That's not Kyler, is it? Mm-mm. Kyler had like Kyler. 150 touchdowns total. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going based off these, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with quarterback two just because I like about a rushing. I just got two touchdowns. Uh, so yeah, I'm going with quarterback two. Okay. So quarterback two is Lamar Jackson. Ooh, he's okay. currently he's currently QB nine. The rushing yards yep. are the most in the league, but Jalen Hurts is not far behind him. Honestly, they're both in the two hundreds. There's a couple of guys in the two hundreds. Um, the four passing touchdowns may not be that surprising. Thousand or so passing yards. No. Quarterback one with more fancy points at QB six on the year and similar rushing stats. One hundred eighty eight rushing yards. This was surprising to me. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Wow. Okay. Yep. He is QB wow. six and in, in standard scoring. And Lamar is QB nine, and Daniel Jones with those wow. rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Okay, no I, I was I mean, stunned by we that. Talked about Daniel Jones having those Jets. Wow. Yep. Okay, he's got some Jets. So I was surprised by that. Quite the resumes. No kidding. Wow. You got one more okay. for me. Well done. I got you one more. The, we're going to wide receiver. Okay. Uh all right. Player A has twenty five targets, seventeen catches. For 225 yards and three touchdowns. And he's got 57 and a half fantasy points. And player B has 30 targets, 
22 catches for 249 yards and two touchdowns for 58.9 points. Golly. Well, you're talking real similar yardage, one less touchdown, more targets and more catches. I mean, I think you got to go player B there. So player B is Hunter Renfro, your boy. Uh, my boy. <laughs> Truck stick himself. And player A is DeAndre Hopkins. No. Yeah. DeAndre. Talk, tell me about it. That is my second overall pick, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pick in our, the 19th pick in our league versus undrafted Hunter Renfro. Wow. Yeah. That is uh yikes. How are you, man? He's a thing. He's a thing, man. Yeah. He caught a nice touchdown last night. Tell you what. Yeah. So there you have it. Hunter Renfro. Okay. Higher fantasy points than DeAndre Hopkins. Dang. All right. I got one more for you. Hunter Renfro. All right. Been telling people, pick him up. He's better than DeAndre Hopkins. Better than DeAndre. Right. Trade for him. Straight up. All right. I got two running backs for you. So, running back one has, running back A, has 248 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Sorry, I didn't get the carries for you here. And two rushing touchdowns. Eight catches for 87 yards. 54 and a half fantasy points. Okay. Player B, 253 rushing yards. Five more. One rushing touchdown. Eight catches for 107 yards and a receiving touchdown. 54 points. These players are one spot away from each other in the running wow. back rankings. Wow. Yeah. So obviously very similar. Um, yep. So it's just kind of a toss up here. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess I would just go with player two, player B, just higher rush, uh, receiving yards. Can I guess one of them? I feel like yeah. one of these is Nick Chubb. No. Okay. Nope. All right, who we got? Running back A is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Melvin Gordon in that split backfield. He's had a pretty solid season. He's running back 17 on the year. That's an RB2. Wow. Okay. Running back B is Antonio Gibson, the breakout okay. star candidate, second round pick, Antonio wow. Gibson. And you're looking at a half a point difference between those two. And Melvin Gordon was. See. I have to go back to the draft board, but I mean. Eighth round, maybe. Oh, he was. I was gonna say eighth, not tenth round. That's was just so crazy. I again, I know it's only four weeks, but my gosh, that's why I just got to do research and go deep. It's it, it's those deep picks or pickups that just can do Chase Edmonds and Hunter Renfro things and Melvin Gordon things. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, look at we talked about it after the draft, but look at Debo was like a ninth rounder or tenth rounder yeah. on my team. And those that that like seven to ten range can be so so critical to the success of your team, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the season, for various reasons. Um, you can get some high upside guys that end up being starters, or you could have just depth, whatever it is. Yeah, wow, Melvin Gordon, RB seventeen on the year. Blind resumes, very uh, interesting and depressing at the same time. Well, they show you that about DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I know because I think it shows you the value of like name value of, of players, right? Deandre Hopkins, is a perfect sure. example. If you ask me any point of any year, would I rather have Deandre Hopkins or Hunter Renfro? I'm going Deandre Hopkins. You try and trade those two players who have very similar stats. No one is going to trade you Deandre Hopkins for Hunter Renfro. 
Mm-hmm. If this keeps up, and it's only like you said, it's only four weeks, quarter of the season. This keeps up all year, though. One guy's going to end up with better stats than DeAndre Hopkins, and you would have never been able to make that trade. You know, yeah. and um, it's just name value, too much pedigree, See, and draft capital. We, and draft capital is true. We should uh, start taking the voice approach, looking more at these blind resumes. Just don't even look at names. Turns out pretty valuable. And then you have to do the trade. You have like, to do oh, the trade. Player B? Right. Okay, you have to do it. You get Hunter Renfro. I get DeAndre Hopkins. There we go. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to offer you a deal that's strictly based on how many points our players have currently. And if you don't take it, I'm going to say you're a hypocrite. Yep. Adam Levine right. would be highly disappointed. Adam Levine. Blake Shelton. All right, so um, that does it for Blind Resumes. That was fun. That's always a good like mind that. a mind twister. A little bit. That's good. I got a few waiver wire targets for us here that I want to run through, and then I'll give a very quick recap of how we're doing in our Yahoo leagues here <laughs> at um, quarterback Daniel Jones. I can't officially recommend just him. He's a dookie. I just talked about him. He's a dookie, so I will not officially recommend him. But if you're into statistics and numbers and players that perform well for your team, unfortunately he has done very well. Um, this past week he had 402 yards and two touchdowns, four carries to 27 yards. He balled out. He really balled out this week. Taylor Heineke, Nathan Favre, he threw for 290 and three touchdowns. He had five rushes for 43. I told you he's got some wheels on him too. Uh, he plays kind of similarly to Daniel Jones. They're they're a threat to come out of the pocket at any given time. Sam Darnold, he had two more rushing touchdowns. He's got five rushing touchdowns on the year, uh, which I think is leading the league. So uh, who knew? <laughs> who knew? He's got over 300 yards in three straight set. games. Yeah, he's just being he held is, back in New York. Unleashed in unleashed. Carolina. He has been unleashed. The curse of Adam Gase, as they've all said. Is a real thing. So he's he's a different guy in Carolina. And then Trey Lance, uh, we mentioned him earlier. Looks like he's going to get a start or two or maybe more. If you're a believer, it's time to jump on him. I think he's, I think he's going to keep the job personally because I think they're going to see how dynamic he is with his legs. And if he can if he can complete more than fifty percent of his passes, that's his job. You can't you can't take that guy off the field. In the running back room, Damian Williams is that David Montgomery handcuff. If if Montgomery's going to be out for several weeks, you got to go for Williams. If you have Montgomery, you got to go for Williams. If you don't and you need a running back, he could, he could get you a couple weeks worth of usage. Same goes for Samaji Piran. Mentioned him earlier. He's Joe Mixon's handcuff. Latavius Murray. This is a little bizarre. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's uh, happening here, but he's the new number one in Baltimore. I mean, he's going to get some touchdowns. Uh, gross. If they keep. If they keep running him, he's going to get touchdowns. He's going to be Hunter Renfro at some point, and someone's going to be like, would you trade Latavius Murray for Antonio Gibson? You're like, hell no. And someone's like, really? Because he's outscored him three weeks in a row. That's going to happen at some point this season, and I'm going to be disgusted, just like you just said. <laughs> um, Daryl Williams. So I wouldn't I wouldn't spend a waiver pick on this, but I want I want to keep him on everybody's radar. If you own Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think you probably need to pick up Daryl. Daryl has looked good when he's gotten his chances, He's running, I'd say, I think probably better than Clyde. They're not going to make him the number one back. But if something happens to Clyde, Daryl steps right in there. And I think you'll you'll have an even better production if something happens to Clyde. That's a handcuff that I think hasn't totally been on the radar previously that, that needs to be right now. I mentioned him earlier in a frustrating way. Kenneth Gainwell, it's hard to say what's really going on in Philly. Miles Sanders is not getting nearly enough usage. Gainwell is getting a lot of the receiving work. He got six out of his eight targets for 58 yards. He had the second most targets in the game this past week. I don't know if they're just abandoning the run game. They're just going to throw to these guys. He looks like a better passing down back. Keep an eye on him. I, again, I don't think you need to use a waiver on him, but if you if you get through waivers and you want to jump in early Wednesday morning, I, I might suggest picking him up. So asking for a friend, if you have Miles Sanders on your team, should you look at Mr. Gainwell? 
I think you should have him unless you've got unless your bench is so stacked that you could play any one of them at any, any given time. I probably would go ahead and have him because if something again, if something happens to Sanders, Gainwell could become a lead back. They they obviously like the guy. They're giving him a lot of run. I don't know that I'd feel comfortable starting either one of them right now. I need to see a couple more weeks probably, but Gainwell's the one gaining momentum and it's not Sanders, unfortunately. <sighs> I know. I know. It's only one week after James White's injury, but Brandon Bolden was the guy who kind of stepped in and caught all the passes for the Patriots. He's been on the team for a hundred years and has never really gotten a ton of usage, but he's got Belichick's trust, which is super important, especially for running back. It looks like we'll see it the next week and the week after. It looks like he could be the receiving down back. And if he is, there's value there. Stand alone. So keep an eye on him. And then kind of the same thing in Tennessee, Jeremy McNichols, who's been a little buzzy of a name preseason is like, who would be Derrick Henry's handcuff? And there is no handcuff for Derrick Henry, but he got passing down handcuff. He does not need a handcuff. He got all the passing down work. He got eight catches this past week. He had 12 targets. I know AJ and Julio were both out. So maybe that's why, but there's going to be some negative game script here. They got to go Jacksonville this week. They should be ahead. Should be a big D hand game. Then they got to do Buffalo and Kansas city the next two weeks. They're going to be losing those games at some point. And if they get down more than a score, as I mentioned before, they're going to be dumping off to someone like McNichols. Again, not a waiver claim unless you're in a super deep league, but a name to keep on the radar you might want to may want to consider. Wide receivers, uh, Jameson Crowder is back and healthy. He's another dookie. I hate touting these guys, but he's back and healthy, <laughs> and he looked good. Obviously, everyone looked good against Tennessee. Uh, Zach Wilson loves targeting the slot, and that's where Crowder lines up most of the time. I think he'll continue to be one of the favorite targets for the Jets. And um, now that he's healthy, uh, again, I think it'd be good. Do you think that'll help open things up for Corey Davis a little bit? For sure. Yeah. Davis has been operating as like a one man show for a while. And yeah, yeah, I think they're both going to benefit from Crowder being back for sure. I mean, you could definitely saw it. Davis had definitely a bounce. He had a great week one, didn't do anything the next two. And then last week definitely was kind of a bounce back for him. So keep it up, Jameson need that. Yeah. It was a, it was a revenge game for Corey Davis and he, he wanted to show out for sure. Yeah. No kidding. Kadarius Tony looks good uh, stepping in for Sterling Shepard out of the slot for the Giants. And if Shepard stays out, then I think he's someone you could definitely pop in. He had nine targets, six for 78. He's that rookie out of Florida that everyone was pretty excited about. He's a gadget guy. He can run jet sweeps. Um, you can get him out in space. You can you can um, throw it to him over the middle, shallow crossers. He's dangerous with the ball in his hand. Would you, would you consider him a Percy Harvin type? I think there were some comparisons to that, yeah, for sure, early on. And you heard like Urban Meyer was really excited about him and really wanted to get him, and probably because he coached Percy and he remembered all the stuff he could do with him. Now, Urban Meyer may not have a job after this week, but <laughs> different story for a different he just day. Seems, he could not stay out of the headlines, man. I mean, yeah. you'd think as a first-year head coach, all he had to do is just stay out of the headlines. He has been in at least four or five this year. Am I wrong? Yeah. Not a Whether good look. The strength coach, whatever just happened last week with the nightclub. I mean, Urban, just not, stop, man. Not not a good look. Not a good look. And then uh, last receiver I'll mention here is Darnell Mooney. I mean, we saw that connection with Justin Fields. If they're going to let him open it up like that, I actually think this is a real thing. I mean, I really think they. you often see a quarterback come in and they've got a different favorite target than the starter did, you know? And maybe Allen Robinson is like the obvious, should be your number one target. But if Mooney runs the right kind of routes and he's better with a deep ball, Fields is chucking it to him. They've got a connection. I think there's something there. 
for sure. I, th- I found this stat really interesting. Justin Fields was four of six for 151 yards on passes that traveled over 20 yards in this past game. Compare that to the Bears quarterbacks of the last year. Trubisky, six of 33 on similar throws. Nick Foles, 17 of 41, which is better, but still under 50%. Andy Dalton, 10 of 34. No one has been able to throw the deep ball on this offense for years, since Jay Cutler, probably. And so I I think this is more legit than not. I think Darnell Mooney could be a sneaky play rest of the season if Fields continues to keep the job. Moving to tight ends here. Dalton Schultz, told you about him last week. Eight targets, six catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Balling out. I think he's going to be a thing, especially if these receivers keep getting banged up mid-game. Dawson Knox was another guy we told you about last week. Eight targets, five catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to get some action. He's going to have some high weeks, some low weeks. I think they're both worth starting at this point for the tight end. And Buffalo is just, I feel like their offense is now really starting to click. So he's definitely worth a pickup for a tight end for sure. They're rolling. They're rolling. Mike Gesicki had another strong game. As long as Brissett remains quarterback, he's had over 15 points in both of the games when Brissett's been quarterback. So two is scheduled to come back as early as I think next week, not this coming week. So I'm um, coming off of IR, but this week I think you can fire up Gesicki with Brissett under center. Zach Ertz, don't look now. He's getting healthier and he's sort of shown up the last couple weeks. He's had seven targets and eight targets in the last two games, four for 53 and a touchdown two weeks ago, six for 60 this week. I like the target share. Goddard's getting his too, but they can both be productive. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. I think Ertz, kind of like Galladay, had some health issues that you sort of said, oh, he's washed or he's no good or whatever. He's getting healthy, and all of a sudden he's he's sneaking onto the radar. Again, tight end is a wasteland, man. Uh, I think it's worth the consideration mm-hmm. there. And then Max Williams, he's a yo-yo. Flex. Called double this X. a couple double X Redbeard. Called this a couple weeks ago, but he came out again this week, five for sixty-six and a touchdown. So um I, again, you're gonna have hot weeks and cold weeks with him, but at least he can do this. I mean, I've got other players tied in. Robert Tunyon has one good game so far this year, and this guy's got two. I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a wasteland. Let's recap the Yahoo League real quick and we'll get out of here. So <laughs> E, I'm not gonna linger so, on yes. this. You had a bad week. It's okay. I deserved it. Had a bad week. Uh, congrats to Blake. Got your win. Crushed me. Got his first W. Uh, no one showed up for me. Uh, as I said earlier, Tom Brady had my highest point total of 12 points. Um, it was just inked. It's just discouraging, depressing on a downward trend, but it's okay. We're going to come back, get our, you know, we took our week off. Now it's just, now we're going to be the underdog coming in. And I like that role. And, you know, we're going to surprise some people. So it's all right. We're, we're going to, they're going to doubt you the rest of the season. Yep. Um, I had the opposite fortune this week. I actually had a, a pretty big week. Um, I got, I got strong plays from nearly everybody on my, my team. Russell Wilson played well. Uh, Ridley was okay. Debo balled out. Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson all got into the end zone, which is so exciting to see. They've been frustrating to own. So I uh, I put up a big number. I'm currently in second place behind Towel, and I'm I'm on a Towel. hot streak now. I'm excited. Towel Real pulled fun. out another victory last night. He did. Uh, real quick, fun fact about Calvin Ridley: he was also almost in my blind resume. You could swap out Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins. I think they were one or two away from each other. So interesting for the blind, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, if you put Hunter Renfro against both of those, that would be interesting, right? <laughs> Golly. All right, and I uh, wanted to mention as well, my mom. Four and oh, she's rolling. She Four beat up on oh. Brian. Beat up on Brian this week. We're gonna have her on the pod at some point to talk about how she does it, why she's so successful. So give us all of her secrets. 
And um, yeah, I need to hear these exciting. secrets. Yeah. I need to talk to her. She's balling out in the Yahoo Public League. Look out. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Folding the cheese. We got to go back to the island, man. We got to make it back. We got to go back. We got to go back. This pod's been approximately 108 minutes. <laughs> that's actually, you're pretty on target there. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this week. As always, keep folding that cheese. Keep on folding.